a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Dadtastic, a podcast about two dads. One of us probably spends way too much time on TikTok, and the other is Tom. How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. Wait, you've been in a TikTok lately? Man, so I, my kids were always watching it, so I was like, I want to see what TikTok's all about. And then four hours later, you understand what TikTok is all about. And it is just a smorgasbord of weirdness, greatness, sadness. I mean, it really is a way to kill four hours if you need to. Really? So wait, you went down a serious rabbit hole if you were on there for four hours. Yeah, I haven't committed to uh, starting a TikTok account because then I think that's just pathetic. But I do just, there's this thing that's called the For You page. And all you do is go up, up, up. And every time it's just like a pinata of fun. You don't know what's coming at you. It's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. So um, a part of my job, this is obviously a part of my job. The other part of my job uh, at KSL is is I'm in the sports department. I, I try and track the sports happenings of the world, or, or at least as they relate to uh, the local Utah scene. And, and Utah football recently got a commitment from a player. Uh, he's a quarterback up in, in the Washington area, I believe. He has like... He has like two hundred and something thousand followers on TikTok. He's he's not quite a TikTok influencer because you have to have two hundred fifty thousand. I think he's got about two hundred fourteen mm-hmm. or somewhere in that range. Uh, but he's got, I mean, he's got a lot of followers, and 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 he's got some videos. I've been told that that have reached the multiple millions. Wow! Of, yeah, 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 Is yeah. He- is he a dancer? Is he a commentator? Or does he do a little of everything? Um, he's a very uh, good-looking young man, is mm-hmm. what he is. And he kind of, you know, he's... I don't know how you would explain it. Uh, he's biracial. So... I, but I don't know what, what races he's got in his DNA. He kind of does, like, that pretty boy. He's like a pretty boy guy, you know? And he'll kind of, like, rub his hair and, like dance to some music and I guess kind of his age group and I imagine you know the female crowd they're the ones that probably watch most of his videos and they love him huh apparently yeah I mean 215 odd thousand followers would suggest that he's got some fans can he play football uh well if he's been recruited by the University of Utah one would hope so uh there are there are much worse programs out there than the University of Utah so uh, yeah, he can play. So All that right. helps. Hey, let's, uh, we're coming off of the Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, I let you know in text that I wouldn't be cooking the turkey this year because plans changed. And we'll, well get to that in just a second. But I okay. want to know, how did your turkey go? Because you brined it, right? Okay, so I brined it overnight. Uh, I just, um, I guess you can buy specific brine buckets 
Yeah, basically you can get the buckets you get at Home Depot, like the five gallon buckets, but there's certain buckets for brining, but you know, anything will do. Yeah, my, my brother-in-law has like a brine bucket because he was kind of the one walking me through all this. I've never brined a turkey. I've never brined uh, a meat before. And so he's, he was telling me, but I, I just went to Home Depot. They're like $1.30. I mean, dirt cheap for a bucket. Uh, mm -hmm. Picked up a bucket and I brined it overnight. I put... Um, I put, you know, a couple gallons of water in there, brown sugar, lots of Worcestershire sauce, salt and pepper, a few other spices, and then let it sit outside covered so that nothing will get inside of it, of course. No citruses? I didn't put any citruses in there. No. Huh. And that may have been a mistake. I, I'm not sure. Maybe the people that listen to this podcast can, can kind of let us know. But, but then in the morning... And this is a game changer. Uh, I, I, I will never understand why you would kick a uh, kick, pardon me, why you would smoke or cook a turkey without spatchcocking or butterflying it. Yeah. I, I, I mean, like, if you, if you cook a turkey the traditional way, Case, I think that is wrong. Okay, so I got to stop you there because uh, although I wasn't able to cook the turkey this year, maybe because people didn't trust me or it wasn't at uh, lovely Leslie's house, we went to my mother's house and my little brother lives with my mother. Uh, he was in charge of the turkey and he smoked a turkey and uh, he didn't spatchcock it. I asked him if he was going to spatchcock it and he thought I started drinking again, but I was like, no, that's an actual word. It's an actual procedure, what you do to your turkey. He just put the full bad boy in there and I'm going to tell you, it came out golden, delicious, and juicy. I was as surprised as you probably are hearing this, but it was not spatchcock, and it still came out wonderful. No, no. So I, I'm sure, I'm sure people cook turkeys fantastically without spatchcocking it, just throwing the bird in there and letting it go. But, but the spatchcocking method, and what I found anyway was and again i i haven't cooked the turkey the traditional way without spatchcocking it so maybe i am a little biased but it did not take much time That's it does cut I, down the time a little bit it cuts down the time and so like i got up at uh, eight o'clock on on thursday and i i took the, the the turkey out of the bucket uh patted it as dry as it could be and then i i took out the spine right i cut the spine out and then crack the sternum which is uh, a, a little vulgar uh, but nonetheless it was it was very easy um, and then essentially put a dry rub on there uh, mm -hmm. and and threw it into the smoker at like 10 o'clock you know and we, we were having we had a very small party we had my my in-laws uh, and we had my brother-in-law and his girlfriend um, and they had already contracted the virus uh, about a month ago. So, so they're immune. So that kind of made me sleep a little easier Wednesday evening. But, but nonetheless, um, the turkey was done by one. It's like, that's like, supposed to be done? Well, I was hoping to get it done by two. They say three, four hours, right? So I cranked her up to like 400 degrees for 30 minutes. And then I lowered it to 300. I just followed the recipe on Traeger, Traeger's website, uh, which is kind of what I normally do when I smoke. It's, it's normally the safest way. But, but yeah, it was done at, so they say three to four hours. And four hours would have been two. And because mm -hmm. it was quite chilly, right, we woke up on Thanksgiving and there was snow. I thought, well, maybe the, the Traeger 
um, might cook it a little slower than, than if it were in the middle of summer. So I was anticipating four hours, but no, it was done, it was done in three hours. So I had to put the trachea to keep warm uh, and kind of just sat it in there uh, without taking it. And then half an hour later, I took it out, let it rest for about 30 minutes. But yeah, no, it was so easy. It was so quick. That's, that's why, and that's why I'm a fan of the, the butterfly method, the spatchcock method is because uh-huh. time, I mean, you know, that you hear stories. I've heard stories, case of people getting up at, at 4am on Thanksgiving and yeah. trying their Turkey in the smoker and cooking it for seven, eight, nine hours. Um, when you spatchcock it, you, you don't need to do that. So there's no early wake up call and there's no, added stress or pressure to make sure the turkey's done um at a certain hour it's it's quick the skin was crispy yeah which is key and that's apparently something that the spatchcock method does really well and and the meat uh was was juicy uh the okay white so meat real in quick particular. recreate some of the comments that, that so let's what did your mother-in-law say about the turkey well uh t- she liked it a lot but so about uh, 10 minutes into the meal, my brother-in-law uh, goes, Mom, um, I want to tell you something. And I knew what he was going to say. And so I said, I said, Colton, I said, don't, don't say it. You know, like, we're trying to have a nice Thanksgiving meal here. Let's not ruffle any feathers. Was um, he going to talk politics? No, no, no. He was going to say, so he goes, Mom, your turkeys in the past have been really good. But. But. It's always a but. There's always a but. He goes, but. I don't think we can ever go back. <laughs> and I, that, I, I was nervous, Case, because it was the first year I had been in charge of the turkey, right? And the only reason I was in charge of the turkey was because I have uh, one of the nicer Traegers. I've got the Traeger ironwood series it's an 885 you know sure. they retail for yeah i think okay. about 1500 bucks big fan of traeger by the way yeah, yeah. shout out to not traeger. a sponsor but yeah we get it yeah yeah you're flexing. And so and so and so he brought that up and then there was a conversation about the traeger and they they were all big fans and and and, and i guess all i said was you know because i was getting a lot of praise you know, Tom, you've done such a fantastic job on the Traeger. And, and I want to add, you know, my, my, my mother and father-in-law, it took them a lot to hand over the responsibility of cooking the Traeger, uh, cooking the turkey. Mm-hmm. To, a, know, like they, to an outsider. It, you're not, you know, I mean, you're from another country. Yeah, like that's been their role for decades now, you know, years upon years. They've cooked turkey and... They don't have a Traeger, or at least they, they didn't. I, get, I gave them, I had a, a, a little Traeger that I kind of gave to them when I got the bigger one, but they've always traditionally done it in the oven. Um, and, and so it was quite an effort. You know, they, they were quite nervous about making me responsible for the Traeger, but, but for the turkey. But I said, look, I didn't cook the turkey. The Traeger cooked the turkey because in all seriousness, um, it, I, I really didn't have to do a ton. You basically set it and forget it. Literally. And I'm fortunate because the Traeger I have, I can control it on my phone. Oh. So, so I can put it in there, throw the probe in, and then set the temperature, timer, the probe. You know, so really, like, I'm telling you, I didn't cook the Traeger. The, I, I keep saying I didn't cook the Traeger. I didn't cook the turkey. I, the Traeger cooked the turkey. Mm-hmm. And you uh, didn't even pay for the Traeger. 
I didn't. Traeger was kind <laughs> enough to let me let me let me have one, and um, and so that's why I'm a big fan of Traeger, and I, I want to give him a little publicity here because without them, this Thanksgiving would not be would not be possible. So, uh, well, I'm glad I, you. I'm glad you had a good Thanksgiving. I was supposed to cook a turkey like I told you. What happened? It was going to be my redemption bird. So originally, because it was just small gathering for our Thanksgiving as well, it was going to be me, lovely Leslie, my little brother Ryan, his son Stetler, and then my mother. Just, you know, just, just five of us. And we were going to have it at lovely Leslie's house. But my mom wasn't comfortable leaving the house. And my little brother has a, a bar set up next to his, uh, to the house with the pool table and footballs. And so everyone just thought it'd be better to go over there. And so we weren't going to cook a turkey and then take it over to someone's house. I mean, th how mad would you have been to have Thanksgiving at your house and somebody show up with a turkey? That's the responsibility of whosoever house it is, is they're in charge of the turkey. That's just the rules. I didn't make them, but I'm not going to break them. So my little brother did the turkey and it was delicious. So we put our turkey back in the freezer and I'm going to have a redemption turkey come Christmas time because I'll have my kids for Christmas Eve and we'll do a turkey and a white elephant gift exchange that everybody come over and do that uh, if COVID, you know, will let us. And so I wasn't able to do it. But the one argument that we had, and it popped up a couple times around Thanksgiving, I don't know if you guys had the same one. Uh, I'm talking stuffing. You know, okay. some people, some people really like the stovetop stuffing and I'm not going to lie and say, I, I'm not a fan of the stovetop stuffing, but the stovetop stuffing is pretty good, but it's pretty basic. Lovely. Leslie takes stuffing to the next level. I mean, it's, it's different kinds of bread. She puts a little sausage in there. Yeah, I don't know exactly what she put in there, but it was made with love and it was delicious. And people were raving about the stuffing. So I don't know what kind of stuffing you had. Was it maybe just a typical stovetop or did you guys have a, a special stuffing? Well, I, I think we had a special stuffing uh, based on how you're describing it. Uh, our Lord and Savior, Kate, was, was in charge of the stuffing. Uh, she's... She, she did a tr tremendous job. She brought nice bread. Uh, I think it was just sourdough, though. Uh, she kind of cut the sourdough loaves up, uh, added some celery, uh, a bunch of spices, you know, sage and poultry and, and you name it. Uh, and then she did also add some sausage, some pork, mm. some, some mild Italian, not spicy, mild Italian uh, pork and then she she cooked it on the stovetop but then it, it made its way into the oven and I think what happens mm. when it goes into the oven is it dries out a little bit but it gets crispy you get the crunch yeah it got a little crunch on the top so I was look I was a, as big a fan of 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 our lord and savior Kate's stuffing um as I've ever been. So, so I think, yeah, I think she did the fancy type, but I, I, I wouldn't know to be honest, but everything was from scratch. So I know you can buy kind of the boxes and then that's the yeah, simple that's the way of making top. the stove top. Okay. There Just you add go. Water. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. No, no, uh, no. Okay. okay. So to wrap up, wrap up the Thanksgiving talk with this, um, pie talk, you know, I'm not a cake guy at all. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of the pie and uh, we got these pies from this place up in uh, Brigham city called Maddox's. They've got, we've heard uh, of them. They got the best pie and their banana cream pie is second to none. I mean, this is a game changer. And so, uh, Leslie, uh, she handed out, uh, assignments before Thanksgiving. Important uh, by the way, that's very important. 
Yeah, yeah. And so the, the, the assignments go is uh, my mom was in charge of mashed potatoes and salad. Uh, my little brother Ryan was in charge of um, the turkey. Uh, Stetler, my nephew, he was in charge of the pies. And that just meant he had to pay for them. Leslie went and picked them up. And then Leslie was in charge of sweet potato pie. And um, I think it was the stuffing. Uh, and I said, well, what about me? And they, this is what she said. Just get some cards. Think of the games to play. And I was like, but I want to contribute to the dinner. She goes, no. I don't think Leslie's a big fan of my cooking. And so I really have to step up my game when it comes to Thanksgiving. But Maddox's pie was amazing. Uh, I had Good. a piece of pumpkin pie uh, and, and just one. I mean, I like pumpkin pie, but if, you, if there's a banana cream pie in the, in the game, then that's winning for sure. How about you yeah. guys? What was the pie selection like? We just had pumpkin with some whipped cream on top. And, um, and, and look, this, this may be somewhat controversial. I, I do apologize. But, but every Thanksgiving, you know, I've been out here now eight years. And, and so I've had eight Thanksgivings in my, in my lifetime. And, and I can't, like banana cream pie is probably my favorite. And unfortunately, we didn't have it this year. Uh, my my brother-in-law, Colton, and his girlfriend were in charge of the, the, the pie situation because again, they they're not massive cooks, and so we just yeah. you know the family thought it was probably beneficial for everybody that they just go and and pick up a, a pie uh, or or two or whatever. They just, they ended up just coming with with um, it was a very big pumpkin pie though. You know there wasn't no need. There really wasn't a need for another pie in the end. But but I've always found case that. I'm, I'm a savory type over sweet and I stuff my face with, with the thing that the, the main meal, the Thanksgiving meal. Um, and, and I just don't have a ton of room for, for pie, even when banana cream pie, which is again, my favorite pie. Um, it's either that or the apple pie, but, but I just don't have a ton of room to, to kind of squish the pie in there. So I, I generally, and again, this happened this year, I will have, you know, half of the slice and then I'm done. I, I mean, I am stuffed to the brim, put a fork in me. I'm toast. So, um, that's kind of the situation. I tell you, can I, can I quickly add something though? And I, and I, I want everybody out there to pay great attention to this because I think this is a, another game changer. We, we, we made this meal, this dish, it was a Brussels sprout and bacon dish. Uh, and we smoked Ooh. it. And we added some brown sugar, some honey, salt and pepper, cayenne pepper, and paprika. And Ooh. then kind of just mixed it all in. And we threw it in the smoker alongside the turkey with about an hour or two to go. And I'm telling you, it's a game changer. And then what we did is actually we put the skillet, because you just put it in a skillet onto yeah. the stove top and then crank it so that it gets kind of crispy. Uh, that was, you know, uh, the turkey was sensational. And I think the turkey kind of you know, stole the show. But for me, the, the Brussels sprouts was a close second because uh, very, very flavorful. Um, and if you didn't, if you haven't smoked Brussels sprouts, throw some bacon in there uh, and it'll, it'll be a game changer. All right. So that, well, I love that. that. Cool. So that was the recap on our Thanksgiving <laughs> day weekend. We hope you guys had a great one as well. Stick around. My, uh, Oldest daughter turned 16 this weekend. We'll tell you how we celebrated her birthday party. Also, did I end up reading a love note I found on her bed? You'll have to tune in to find out. Oh. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. 
In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome back to Dadtastic. I'm Casey Scott. I'm Tom Hackett. Boy, that's um, hard. That's so hard, Casey, when we're not next to each other. You know, it, it's been, it's, you know, it's probably been three weeks since I've actually been in the presence of the great Tom Hackett. I know, I've missed you. Can I just put that out there? I know, and I think golf seasons are going to be officially done after today, man. You know, I mean, we're recording this on November 30th, and it's going to be winter is coming, as the Game of Thrones fans would say. How sad is that? That means we're going to have to go down to St. George or Mesquite, do a little traveling, take the, the girlfriend, your wife, the kids, and just go down there and see what we can happen. Speaking of kids, my oldest okay. turned 16 on the 28th of November. Happy birthday, Presley. Oh, and so it was kind of a, it was kind of a cool a weekend. We were, me and the ex-wife and my, my girlfriend, lovely Leslie, were trying to figure out how we could, you know, make something happen. You know, and being in this strange times, the COVID and not being able to do that, you know, 16, the sweet 16, that's a big birthday, you know. And so my ex-wife found this company that comes out the night before and they set up this big lawn display. So at eight o'clock at night, I'm looking outside trying to keep Presley from going outside uh, to see this, this surprise. They got headlamps on and they put these big signs up all over your front yard that says happy sweet 16th. Presley and these are big letters and then they find the stuff that they're into so there's some dancing shoes because she's on the drill team uh there's some car keys because this is a monumental birthday she's going to be able to drive now and all that stuff and so they did that the night before so the 28th we wake up I go into room I go hey Presley we got to go out to the driveway your presence in the driveway (laughs) you know so she's thinking oh man but she's already got a car. She's got my ex-wife's old car, but maybe she thought we were going to upgrade it or give her some new car. And so we, I, I blindfold her and I walk her out to the driveway um, and, and I go, okay, take your blindfold off. And she sees my ex-wife standing next to her husband in front of a Tesla. She's like, a Tesla? And we're like, no, look at the yard. And then she goes, oh, for a minute there, I thought you got me a Tesla. And we're like, no, we're not getting a 16-year-old Tesla. Dad drives a GMC Acadia. You're definitely not getting a Tesla. And so <laughs> it was his big happy birthday. And she thought that was it, you know, because she just thought that was going to be her birthday because of the COVID times and right. all that. And so then we went along our, you know, about our day. I went and got donuts and all that stuff. And. Her boyfriend, uh, Ashton, but we refer to him as Ashhole. Um, he, uh, he goes, hey, I'd like to take your daughter out for a date on her birthday. Is that cool? And we were like, yeah. Um, but you, he didn't know. Well, he did know that we were throwing Presley a surprise birthday party. And so while we've been coordinating with him throughout the day, uh, we've got, you know, whoever's in Presley's group, 
you know, we, we, we planned the surprise birthday party for her. And it was just 10 people. And we rented Flowrider out in Ogden. It's one of those artificial waves where people can do wakeboarding and bodyboarding. Have you seen those? Um, I think I have, but, but you didn't rent the artist Flowrider. No, no, no. This is Flowrider with an R. Flowrider is just without the R. That's, it's short for Florida. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Flow rider. And so we had planned this, you know, this intimate birthday party surprise for her at the Flow Rider in Ogden and rented the whole building so it was completely safe and, and brought people in and they were wearing their masks when they weren't riding and all that stuff. And it, it was awesome. And uh, I'm telling you what, out of my three kids, Frankie and Bowden are still young enough. They love hugs. They love to cuddle. If I'm sitting on the couch, they'll come sit right next to me. They'll snuggle up. You know what I mean? There's, they're, they're, we've got that going on. My oldest daughter, not a fan. Not a fan of hugging. Um, and She's that's 16. Her boyfriend. Yeah, unless it's her boyfriend. And, and, and they hug way too much for, for my, my liking. Um, but I was talking to my ex-wife the day after, and I go, this was an amazing party. I had never received so many hugs from my oldest daughter. She kept coming up saying, dad, thanks. You know, and she was the belle of the ball and it just, it, it, it was cool, man. It did my heart well. And I was Good. like, all right. And so I, I dropped her off at school this morning. This is the first time I'm going to have, last time I'm going to have to ever drop her off at school because she's going to get her license today. And she's got a car. Wow. She's got freedom. She can go do whatever she wants uh, as long as she's got the gas money to do it. So I dropped her off. And then when I come back home, I do the dad thing. And, you know, the dad thing is where you just spend half your day going around turning out lights because kids don't know how to do that. Yeah. So I look into her room and I see a jewelry box on her bed. And I remember that she told me that Ashton had given her a jewelry box for her birthday when he made in home ec or, or woodshop, probably woodshop. Um, and I went and looked at it. I was like, hey, this is a nice jewelry box. And I open it up. And she'd also told me that he wrote her a letter for her birthday. And I looked in the jewelry box and there was the letter. I picked up the letter. I held it. And I was like, do I, do I read it? I don't know. I didn't, I put it back. You didn't, I didn't read the letter? I didn't read the letter. It's up there. I can go get it. But I, I, I thought, I don't want to invade her privacy and I don't want like part of me goes, but what if they're saying some stuff in there that you need to know about? And I go, but then how do I let her know that I know that I want her to feel that, you know, see, that's what I want to talk to you about because there's some parents that would have read it. And, you know, but I, it was a love letter between them too. I, you know, I think if she would have said, Hey dad, do you want to read it? I would have read it, but I don't want to read it without her knowing. I just, that, that just doesn't feel right to me. And so I don't know what to do, but I, I'm, I'm not going to read it. It's not no, addressing I, me. It, it's, it's, you're showing a lot of restraint, Case. And, and trust me, it wasn't easy. And this is coming from a guy who was an alcoholic, who wasn't known for his restraint. You know what I mean? That, that's what I'm saying. No, no, no. Read it, I, or got on FaceTime and said, hey, let's, let's read this together with her mom or my girlfriend. But I just, I was like, I, 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 it, it just doesn't feel right. Because I, I don't want to, I want her to trust me. And, I'm impressed. I, you know, I am very impressed with. But it's killing me. And it's going to be there all day long. And I'm working from home today. So, you know what I mean? So it's like, I go, huh. So I, yeah. 
I'm, I'm think, not going to read it. So I think you did the right thing. I, I do, right? Because, um, you know, it, was, it wasn't that It was 12 years ago since I was 16. So it really wasn't that long ago. And so I can, I can remember what it was like being that age. Um, and being in love. Because she's, I mean. I, well, I, I, w- I wouldn't know what it was like being in love at 16. Let me tell but you. To her, it, it's her kind of love. You know what I mean? I don't think as a teenager, she understands what love is, the unconditional like the parent has for his child or for a spouse or for, you know, my girlfriend because we've been through some stuff. But to them, their love is real. I'm not going to discount that. You know what I mean? I'm not going to, I don't want to, you know, say that this is going to be forever because I've known a lot of people that were high school sweethearts who then ended up getting married. Do I think this is the case? Probably not. But to her, that love is real, and I don't want to cheapen it. I don't, I don't want to do anything about it. And so I'm just going to let her experience life. Of course, of course. And I think that's important because, you know, you, you learn that way. Uh, and the more mistakes you make, the more you learn. And hopefully, you know, it's one of the reasons why teenagers make more mistakes than adults because by the time they become an adult, you, at whatever age that, that is, uh, they've made enough mistakes to know that – that yeah but you know some some people turn some people pretend or act i should say like they're an adult at 18 some act like they're an adult at uh, 28 uh, mm-hmm. or in your case case uh, 44 45 uh, yeah 45 you, yeah i mean you you uh, you start to figure out what it was like uh, uh, maybe 6 months ago a year ago <laughs> how long have you been sober for uh, over 2 years uh, 2 years ago okay yeah, I digress. No, that was just a cheap shot on my behalf. But what I was what I was getting at was, I think Presley uh, in particular, she isn't all that troublesome, right? She's generally been pretty good, and she's, yeah, she's kind out of an of old trouble. soul. She's kind of an old soul. You yeah, know? yeah, 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 yeah. And so I think I think you did the right thing. Now I think if you had a child that was uh, known to not make the best of decisions. Um, Maybe had a couple of face tattoos, some face tattoos, yeah, whatever the case may be, you know, if, if there's a history of drugs or whatever, you know, whatever trouble looks like for any given 16, then I think you would and you should and you would be doing the right thing by reading that letter. But because mm. Presley's done a good job to date, uh, for the most part, kept herself in line, means well, has a good heart then I think you're doing the right thing. And I, I think it's all situational. Uh, and I don't think you need to read the love letter because you know what? There's a good chance that there's nothing in the love letter anyway. In fact, there's a really high chance based on Presley's history that, that there's nothing in there that matters anyway. It's, it's just a, a, a cute little gesture from a, another naive 16-year-old that's trying to express his love, whatever he thinks love is, to, I assume, his first girlfriend. It was kind of cute because at the birthday party, uh, um, there was some boys and there were some girls, and uh, it was uh, the, the the wave was divided in two, so you could have two people going at the same time, right? Uh, and all the boys went to one side, and all the girls went to another side, and I, you know, I was like, oh, why don't you guys go over there where the girls are? And it was just there was a very uh, young, attractive lady who was running the one where all the guys were at. And then there was a guy where all the girls were at, you know? And so it was just, it was, I was looking back and I was like, Oh, you, 
yeah, you guys are still young. You know what I mean? You, you, these dudes are over here just trying to impress each other and the girl who's running this side. And these girls were just having a good time. And the majority of the time was talking, waiting for their turn, you know, and they were like, Oh, I got to go again because they were just having fun, just talking and, and being young. And so it was very cool. It was cool to do it with my ex-wife and uh, my girlfriend there, the lovely Leslie, and everybody was there. Then her ex, her, her husband was there. And so it was kind of one of those moments that I went two years ago. I didn't think this would ever be possible, but here yeah. we all having a great party. My daughter, I've never seen her smile as much. And like I said, I've never see, received so many hugs from her. So I, I think we're on the right track. And so I think that also played into a part why I didn't read, you know, the letter because everything seems to be going well. And for that, I'm very grateful and, and thankful for, you know, it was just a cool Thanksgiving weekend. And I really had a good time with everybody so much in the fact that on Sunday, Leslie did another Thanksgiving what? Uh, for, for her kids and my kids. Cause we didn't have them this year. And oh, so you so, did two Thanksgivings. Yeah. Yeah. So last night, you know, she spent all day, you know, she smoked some baked beans. We had a honey baked ham, some Turkey uh, leftover, but we, you know, with the stuffing again and, and the banana cream pie. So, and we got to do it with our kids. So, I, you know, I think if that's anything that COVID has taught us is that we adapt, accept and uh, move Move on. That was burp. Sorry. Yeah, that's all right. You're, you've been sucking on the old fizzy drink, haven't you? The old soda pop. What do you got? The old cherry, the, the cherry dew? Yeah, cherry. Well, so what you do for your diet Mountain Dew, because I, that's the only drink I drink now besides water, is that I put a little Slurpee in there. You know what I mean? Just to mix it up. So every day it's a little different. So sometimes it's, it's, it's orange, sometimes it's strawberry, sometimes it's blueberry. And then I just put a little in there and then the rest diet Mountain Dew. And this would be my one soda pop for the day. Nice. Yeah, nice. At, uh, nothing like a 10, 8, 10 a.m. soda dew. Yeah, 32 ounces of freedom, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> don't ever say that again, please. I don't, my ears do not deserve that. All right. Normally we would take a break here, but I want to no. just, I just want to keep going because yes. I, I want to pull something up here just so I can simply say, I told you so. Okay. Uh, I've been and trying. Then I, I've also got, um, I guess some words of wisdom to share with our beloved listeners as well, because I had, I had a very different, uh, Thanksgiving holiday post Thanksgiving day, uh, that I would like to kind of share with everybody. So. Did you go Black Friday shopping? No, 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 I didn't. No, I didn't. Um, and today, so we're recording this on the Monday following. Uh, today's technically Cyber Monday. But technically, every day Cyber Monday since the, the pandemic began. You know what I mean? I guess. I'm going I... to hold something up to the camera, and I hope you can see it. Okay. Um, and then respond. What does that say? Uh, Flow D? No, that would be George Clooney, who's been cutting his hair for the past two years with a Flowbee. Something that oh. I've been trying to get you to put on your expense account, even though they said we could do it. You've been yet to do it. And right here, this is on TMZ, uh, and it says, George Clooney, I cut my own hair, been using a Flowbee for years. Then it goes down in to talk a little bit more, more about it, and it said, um, Four easy installments of $9.99. For somebody who should be spending two to $300 per cut, George Clooney can certainly afford it, but he likes the results of a Flowbee. 
Order the dang Floby so we can cut each other's hair with a vacuum. Come on, man. I thought you said you had somebody that had a Floby that we could borrow. Okay, hold on. You just talk to the camera for a second. Steve's got to go outside. He's got to poop. Hold on. Come on, buddy. Did you know... Um... You know what's really impressive about what Casey just said uh, is that he knew exactly what his dog needed to do. Uh, Casey. Yeah. How did you know he needed to go poop? Because he farted. Oh. And it was horrible, man. (laughs) Oh. Because, like, my dog, so we have, speaking of which, quickly, we have a bell that's attached to our back door. Uh-huh. Uh, to the, it's, it's attached to the handle, it dangles down. And we've taught our dog that when she needs to go outside, she pours the bell. So it mm-hmm. makes a noise and we go, oh, the dog wants to go outside. But yeah, we have no idea what she wants to do outside. But you've just gone ahead and said, hold on, Steve needs to go out to go number two. Yeah. Give me a second. I'm like, how on earth did you need? Yeah, that, but if, uh, I guess if Steve, you know, let, let go of some gas, that would probably be. Well, English bulldogs are known for their gas. I mean, it is, um, is it a pungent? Uh, it will peel the paint off the walls. And yeah. uh, so I was just, yeah, it was, it was an educated guess. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I'm not sure, but yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. And yeah. it was sitting by my feet. Normally he doesn't sit by my feet. Yeah. He sits over by the fireplace or when I'm not looking, he jumps on the couch, which is it's constant argument. Yeah. Well, for a second, I thought maybe you had some sort of, you know, secret little uh, communication method with the dog. But hey, I, so changing subject slightly, I had an experience that lasted three days this weekend that I wouldn't wish on my worst enemies uh, if, if, if they're out there. Um, and, and I essentially, so we moved into this home in February of this year and last fall and last winter, we were fixing up the inside of the house. You know, we were uh-huh. putting in new floorboards, new baseboards, repainting the walls. We took out a wall. We put in a, a new uh, a closet space. And it wasn't drastic. We didn't tear the house down. It's, the, it's still the same house. But it was, you know, it was a decent amount of work. We, we basically tore the laundry out, retiled, and we did it all ourselves. So it was very time-consuming my wife, our Lord and Savior Kate, was pregnant at the time, you know, and so it was. It took it took many more months than we were we were originally hoping for. My point here, like was, most projects do, like most house projects do, correct? We didn't last year. We didn't rake the leaves in the fall. Ooh. So I've spent. So we had Thanksgiving on Thursday, f- Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, was spent raking leaves. Wet leaves. Wet leaves, yeah. Well, so the top layer, I mean, I'm, and we're talking like these are these are leaf piles that were probably two, three feet deep. So the top layer were dry because that was the, the 2020 drop. But yeah, yeah, underneath that was the 2019 drop and they uh-huh. were wet. Uh and so I guess the lesson I learned this, 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 last, this last weekend was that you have got to stay on top of the leaf situation. It's mm-hmm. vital. That, that would be my dad, uh, I, dad lesson of the week if, if there's such a thing. No, I love it. It was, slow, and, slow and steady wins the race when it comes to leaves. 
Oh my goodness, Case. I mean, and, and we're unfortunate in the sense that we, we have a few bigger trees in our backyard. Like, I can only imagine what your mum's house is like. Oh, it, 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 it's, it's a, the last month of summer in, in, in fall to do that. And I mean, I've got quite a bit of leaves in mine. The one benefit through that wicked windstorm that came through is that it blew all my leaves to my neighbors. Oh. So I, didn't, I really didn't have to do it. I've got a little leaf anecdote story for you. So okay. we talked about me being in rehab uh, two years ago. Uh, I went into rehab in September, got out at the uh, end of October. And that's when the fall is and all the leaves came. And when I got out, we already had snow on the ground. And I had I'd put some of the leaves in piles and snow on top of that. And I was like, well, I'll just get them uh, in the spring. And so all winter long, those leaves stayed on the grass, uh, covered by snow, thaw, snow, thaw, snow. And when spring came around and I finally got around to getting those leaves up, and I've still got it now. I could take the computer over there and show you. I've got look like crop circles on my yard. I've got a pretty decent sized yard, but crop circles where it just killed the grass underneath it. So if you don't get those leaves up, uh, yeah, you were going to do some serious damage to your yard. And you know, as I know, uh, being men, uh, we take great pride in our yard, or at least we should. And when you've got a balding spot on your head and in your yard, you're ripe for comments from your friends. And that's just, you don't want that, bro. No, 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 not at all. So, so that's, yeah, I, I wish I had, you know, a more eventful Thanksgiving uh, weekend, you know, long weekend, but, but I didn't. So, you know, much like a lot of people across the country right now, interest rates are low. So we're looking at refinancing the home. We're hoping to build a garage. And so we're going to get a big, bigger of a loan so that we can kind of throw it towards that. And, and so, of course, you know, with, with refinancing, an appraisal takes place uh, when you're trying to you know, get a new loan. So you know, that, that, that played into it as well. We, we felt as though we were, we were a little rushed. Um, yeah, but let me, let me tell you now because I kind of work in that industry and I, and I grew up in the real estate um, for the most part, they're not going to, you're not going to not get a loan because you got leaves on your ground. No, 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 no. I know. But my wife, uh, is a graphic designer. And so she is rather particular about certain things. And when she knows somebody's coming over to the house, they're going to inspect both the inside and, and they're also going to inspect the outside. They have to look at the foundation, you know, mm. are there cracks and all that? And, and if you can't see the foundation because you've got four feet of leaves piled yeah. up, it's probably not the best look. And so, you know, she was determined to, to kind of fix that problem. So that's what we did. And it was a nightmare. It was just, it's not like it was, it was all that tiresome. I wasn't out there sweating, you know, like there's much worse jobs to, to have to do, but, but it was, tedious work case i mean you get the rake and because the leaves were wet you have to rake the leaves and then you've got to try and figure out the best way to put it we bought bags right like outdoor bags do you want to become a millionaire do you want to become a millionaire let's spend the next three weeks on figuring out a better system to get those damn leaves in a bag and then okay so hear me out and so my brother-in-law by the way i bring colton up a fair bit this episode he happens to live across the street literally directly across so he's a big help he his girlfriend bought him uh this this it's a it's a toro leaf sucker where 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but the problem with that, and and by the way, it's um, if you're like trying to get leaves out of a window well, you know, you could do it in two seconds. But when you've yeah. got mounds of leaves, uh, like and it many, kind of mulches them and puts them in a little bag, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a bag attached to the sucker, and I guess it I also turns those. into a blower as well. Yeah, it's kind of, I've got that. Okay, yeah. So you you know, it, it did a good job, but it it's not like it made it all that much faster. It just stopped you from bending over that's yeah. it you know but but i would argue case that the bending over method and like the piling and the, that you're wearing gloves and just throwing it in the in the bin that's probably faster than the sucker method oh yeah i think so too because you can get more people involved if you just got one person sucking it's a one-man job but if you've got three kids and a girlfriend and, and neighbors and you know many hands make light work bro yeah, and, and, and so um, on Friday morning, we actually went to uh, a local gardening uh, establishment, Mill Creek Gardens, which I'm sure many people know of. It's, it's not far from where we live. And uh, my wife was buying bulbs, um, which is essentially tulips that spring and blossom in the springtime. So whatever, but we were there and we were looking at, at, at a few things. They have these claws. Mm-hmm you know, that you could buy to, to specifically rake leaves, I imagine. And they were going for like $8. And I'm quite frugal. I was, you know, and I'm also a man. And so I'm like, no, we don't need the leaves. I've got bloody mitts, you know. But yeah. the whole time I'm using my mitts, I'm just in my head thinking about the claws that we could have bought that would have probably sped up this entire process. So it was it was very painful. And then you know what else I realized was after the first day I woke up, my left hamstring was really quite tight. Really? With all the running that you've been doing? I had, so I went on a run yesterday. It was the first run I've been on in a week and um, kicked my, kicked my, you know what? Trash. Kicked my trash. Yeah, I'm with you. So I've never heard of the, the kind of uh, scissor rake leaf thing that you're talking about but more importantly like i feel like there's got to be a better way because i get the big the big the biggest trash bags you can get yes but then, we have them yeah either you've got to have one person or two people holding them preferably so it gets open enough so you can get the leaves in there or you buy a garbage uh can that will put the leaves in there but then there gets too much air in there i just feel like there's i mean we put people on the moon there's got to be a better way to do these leaves i mean there really is i mean my neighbor who's got this huge yard next to me he's just got a riding lawnmower and he just rides over everything and it sucks them all up and i'm very envious of that guy but he's also a doctor um you know i tell fart jokes uh for a living i, I can't afford a riding lawnmower you know yeah. i have three kids who don't like to work so usually it's just me and the two youngest out there trying to to make it work but it, it, it this year was 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 kind of a beast for me but we, we got most of it done good so yeah essentially this is an issue that everybody has every year at least once a year uh, oh, yeah. and and it's you know the year 2020 which hasn't been kind to us by any stretch of the imagination but like, you know, humans have been on planet Earth now for a significant amount of time, and we're still, we're still bending over and trying to figure out the best way to put leaves into a garbage sack. Uh, yep. And so I'm with you, man. We, Case, we need to come up with, a, with, with some sort of contraption that takes all of the hard labor out of it. Yeah, and the tediousness. I mean, it really is just a, 
a boring, sucky job. I mean, you know what? If there was a mascot for the year 2020, it would be picking up leaves because it sucks. Nobody wants to do it. It's horrible. And it, you, I can't, you couldn't find one person to go, oh, I really enjoy that. You are a liar. Yeah. Nobody and then, like, it's almost impossible to pick up every leaf. Mm-hmm. Almost only, impossible. The only fun part about it is because I've got this huge tree with two swings on it, and it, it, it causes the lion's share of leaves, is that I can get them in three piles. And every year I can go back and look on my Instagram and uh, see my kids run and jump in leaves. And that's the only benefit of raking the leaves is that my kids get a jump in there, disappear, and pop out. And they seem to love that. And to be honest, I do too. I think it's a lot of fun. But here is a game changer that the lovely Leslie taught me two years ago when I first started dating her because we had leaf problems and she's a doer. So she goes, let's get these leaves done. I go, okay. So I grabbed two of those big rakes, the plastic ones you get at Home Depot or Smith's. uh, And she goes, what are you doing? I go, I'm going to rake the leaves. And she goes, no. She opens up the back of her car, pulls out an air blower, and you just blow the leaves into a little circle. See what I'm talking about? Mm. That's pretty nice because you can go down the whole lawn and get it instead of having to individually rake and then put them in there. You just blow them into a corner. Boom. Saves you a little time. No, uh, I, I understand that. That that works if you if you do the leaves every year. But when you when you skip a year, like like we did last year, and you've got wet leaves, it becomes a little more problematic. Uh, so I think uh, the more I thought about it, I think I'm just going to get rid of my trees. Oh, I don't know if that's a good idea. I mean, trees why? Because trees are great, bro. And you got a young son, Bubbles. What if Bubbles wants to build? A, I've seen that tree in your backyard. We could build a just a great fort. You know what I mean? A little play, uh, He-Man, Woman Haters Club, where, you know, just dudes hang out and talk shop and, you know what I mean, talk about the latest video games. Don't get rid of the tree. Don't get rid of the tree. You think we can build a tree house? Oh, easy, easy, easy. Yeah, I was a great fort builder when I was a young lad. I can help. I'm not a great hammer, but I'm great with the design. Oh, you're an architect. You're a treehouse architect. Pretty much. Pretty much. Unofficially professional. Right. Well, okay. We can talk more about that at a later date. But essentially, that's that, that, that's what I dealt with. And, um, one, and one, one, one quick follow-up. What did you do with all the leaves when you bagged them up? Well, so we bought those uh, bags, those outdoor bags, right? that are bigger than a traditional trash bag. And we have anywhere from 20 to 30 bags filled with leaves sitting on our lawn. I I don't know what to do with them now. Well, you know, the landfills are still open during the winter months. And so we just need to get a trailer and put them on there because I dump. Yeah. Just take them to the dump so that like the city won't come around and, and pick up all the leaves for you. Uh, you got over 20 bags, you said. No, they're not going to. I mean, what you could do is you could space it out over the winter months and just put two bags in your garbage every time they come. Well, why wouldn't we come up with a business that picks up leaves, leaf bags? bags well, I, don't think, I don't think most people have 20 bags sitting around. And if they do and have that big a yard, they probably got a trailer and they just take care of it. I mean, you're uh, probably you're probably going to want to do something before the snow flies, because they're they're just going to get wet and gooey and, and all that other stuff. I mean, I would just we got to figure that out. They, your Colton doesn't have a trailer, or your father-in-law? No, we we have a trailer. It's filled with uh, sticks. 
But then you just put those on top of the sticks and just take them to the dumps. Yeah. I, I don't like any of this uh, adult stuff. No, it's not fun at all. No, like I'm okay with the bills. You know, I just, you know, I, I, like I, I, I auto pay the bills, all the bills that I have, that we have to pay. I just auto pay them. So I don't have to worry about them. Like, you know, and occasionally I'll check them to make sure our power bill isn't through the roof. Right. But, but for the most part, I just kind of hang out. But like, you know, when it comes to actually doing things like, like the leaf, like you spend three bloody days raking and blowing and piling leaves into bags and then you get done with the three days and all of a sudden nobody's going to come pick up the bags for you you're just gonna you, you you then have to actually go and take them somewhere i mean that ludicrous to me this is 2020 case well you know then maybe there's an app we could probably come up with something hold on steve wants to be let in hold on well steve's done with his with his potty duty well so anyway, I'm uh, I'm 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 stuck and I'm a bit agitated, uh, and I would have uh, thoroughly enjoyed to spend Thanksgiving, you know, doing other things like sitting on the couch watching football, but that that didn't happen. Case. Welcome to adulthood, brother. Welcome to adulthood. Yeah, I'm, I'm well, officially I think we inaugurated. Can, yeah, I I think we've ran the gamut of everything that's going on here on Dadtastic. Unless you've got uh, something else you'd like to share with us, you know, a little bit a morsel of wisdom if you will no i can't think of any i hope that everybody uh is is healthy uh following thanksgiving of course there's a big concern that we're gonna we're gonna have a spike inside of a spike when it comes to covid19 so of course i just i i hope that everybody's healthy uh and and happy for the most part i think people I don't know. I don't, where do you think people are at right now, Case, quickly when it comes to, you know, because a couple of months ago we were, we were talking about this and, um, and we were kind of thinking that, that people weren't in a great spot. Uh, I still think people are in, in, in not a great spot. I think people are looking very much forward to the holidays. Uh, I think that's going to bring its own kind of uh, sadness because if the spike doesn't go away, then we're not, we're gonna have a, a Christmas like we did at Thanksgiving where it's just with immediate family and the holidays are meant to be shared with loved ones. And when you can't do that, it makes it very tough. Yeah. Well, I do think, uh, to end this, this conversation on a positive, positive note, I do think there's lights at the end of the tunnel and, uh, I, I wake up every morning and I, I asked my Alexa to give us the flash briefing. And this morning she was telling us that, there's a uh, 20 million vaccines being shipped in from Germany that are potentially going to be distributed uh, over the coming weeks to, I assume, frontline workers and uh, the elderly in aged care facilities. So that there is light at the end of the tunnel case. Uh, and hopefully by the time golf season rolls around next year, we will be not necessarily in the clear, but certainly in a much better and a much positive state of mind. I love it. I'm going to leave you with this one last question. And being a manly man such as you are, spend the weekend doing rakes. Uh, what do you prefer, fake or real? Real. Christmas trees? Oh, you said a fake or real Christmas trees. Sorry, you cut out. Uh, fake. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I'm a real guy. I, I like him real. So, 
I, like I like them real too. I do. I, I just smell. You know, like nothing can beat the smell. You walk into a home and they have, and there's a fake, uh, there's a real Christmas tree in there. Sorry, like the entire house smells like pine, and it's beautiful. It's just it, it'll it'll put a smile on your dial. But you know, a real Christmas tree also comes with its own problems. Yeah, needles. It's messy. It's very very messy, and. uh it, it can also become a fire hazard, which is you know, added stress that I just don't want. So my wife and I actually had a pretty serious and heated discussion about what we do. We didn't have a Christmas tree. Like a week ago, we didn't have a Christmas tree. And she wanted to buy a fake one. And I go, okay, how, how, how much is the fake one? She goes, well, we're going to buy a nice, we're going to buy a nice fake one. I, I said, okay, well, how much is the bloody nice fake one? And she goes, well, it's about 400 bucks. Ooh. And I go, $400? She goes, yeah. And I go, well, why can't we just buy like a $100 one? She goes, because it looks like garbage. And again, this is going back to her. You know, she's a graphic designer. Everything has to be looking nice and, and all that, which, which I actually kind of like. But again, it, it generally comes with cost. And so we threw down 400 big ones on a Christmas tree. Now, the, the beauty of this is that it should last us. Can you look after it? 10, 20 years. But, but it won't because because styles will change and she'll want something different. But sell yourself whatever you want to make yourself feel good. I get that. Yeah, and Bubbles will grow up and think it's a good idea to run face first into the Christmas tree and probably break it. Awesome. But we, uh, went, with the, we went with the fake one. So you have a – wait, quickly, you have a real one? Uh, well, I'm going to have a real one at my house and a fake one at Lovely Leslie's uh, mm-hmm. because uh, I think my kids want a real one and it just seems easier. Hey, the other thing I want to quickly say is, uh, like, like if, if people out there haven't put their Christmas tree up yet, I would highly recommend going ahead and doing that. Yes. Because, yes. Uh, like, normally people go, like, yeah, after Thanksgiving is, is an appropriate time, but screw that. Yes. This is 2020, and we need the Christmas cheer now. And so we've actually yeah, – we've had ours up for a week already. And it puts a smile on your face every time you walk past it, right? Yes, and, and the lights are on, and it just it looks majestic, and it brings a smile. And you know what? I'm probably not going to take it down until March next year. Perfect. I love it. Hey, you've been listening to Dadtastic, a podcast about two dads. We don't know if you learned anything, but hopefully you smiled. Have a great day. We love you, and we mean it. Don't forget, Dadtastic is a KSL podcast. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.